Right now, we just have kind of a little small building that we're manufacturing these out of and planning to scale into a much larger one soon once we have more bulk buying power and our output goes up, you know, in the next few years. We just want to keep pushing that price down and down. That's our main goal is housing affordability. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 113 with Galliano Tiramani from Boxable. It's not often that I extend an invitation to the podcast from a cold email, but when Galliano Tiramani sent me photos of Boxable's Casita, I knew I had to have him on the show. The Casita is Boxable's modular ADU that ships flat and is easily assembled on site, completed for just $49,500. In this conversation, we'll talk about the technology, manufacturing, and future plans for this innovative startup. But first, I'd like to tell you about the sponsor for today's episode, Tiny House Engage. Have you been working on planning or building your tiny house and feel like you want to connect with other people, get your questions answered, and just support each other along the way? Well, Tiny House Engage is the community for you. Tiny House Engage brings together tiny house hopefuls and DIYers to share plans and resources, learn from each other's challenges and mistakes, and celebrate our successes so that we can feel less alone while we build faster, safer, smarter, and cheaper tiny homes to embrace the tiny house lifestyle. Whether you're a tiny dreamer who is still figuring out all the systems, plans, and everything you need to go into your tiny house, or if you're actively building, Tiny House Engage has the resources and members to connect with for you. There are professional contractors in the community here to answer your questions about plumbing, electricity, and ventilation, and there's also plenty of interaction between members. If you need some encouragement or just need to know how someone else solved a particular problem, you'll get those answers in Tiny House Engage. I'm also very personally active in the community, answering questions and keeping an eye on things, so if you want to interact with me, this is a great place to do it. To learn more and register for Tiny House Engage, go to thetinyhouse.net slash engage. Registration is open for just one week, starting today, Friday, May 29th, and running through June 5th. Registration will close as soon as we get 20 new members. So don't delay. Head over to thetinyhouse.net slash engage to learn more. I can't wait to meet you in Tiny House Engage. All right. I am here with Galliano Tiramani. Galliano is an entrepreneur who has founded several successful startups. He is the co-founder of Boxable, which offers affordable housing tech solutions. Boxable plans to dramatically reduce housing costs by reimagining building construction. Galliano Tiramani, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, why don't we just start off? Obviously, podcasting is not a visual medium. Um, how would you best describe a boxable home to someone who can't see one? Well, um, what we're starting with is our smallest room module. So it's uh, 20 by 20 and has uh, nine and a half foot ceilings, so pretty high ceilings. 
And then it's just a nice open space, lots of kind of upscale um, uh, features, big windows, wide doors. So yeah, really nice space. Everyone seems to like it so far, especially uh, when we went to the builder show a couple months ago. So this is a 20 by 20 home. So about 400 square feet. And I think, you know, it's rare that I will invite a podcast guest just off of a cold email. But, you know, you emailed me and I watched the video and I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's let's get you on the podcast. So um, you've you've kind of not mentioned the I suppose the the killer feature of this app or the kind of the magic of Boxable, which is that it it's would you describe it as modular? Yeah, um, so we, there's a lot of stuff going on that's different than a traditional house. Um, really, it's going to be a building system, and it is modular. So we're building in the factory, we're building room modules, and we will end up with a bunch of different floor plans and sizes. They all will stack and connect to build any custom home. So you know we're a new company, and we were thinking, all right, well, where do we start? And we saw the increasing popularity of accessory dwelling units, backyard tiny homes, especially in California, where they're changing a lot of rules, laws to make it easier. And so we said, oh, that's a great place to start. We'll start with our smallest room module. We'll fit it out as a really nice, high-quality studio apartment. And um, it seems like it's been a a really big success so far. People are getting really excited about it. Uh, The price point is, is great. We actually right now have way more orders than we could ever fulfill at the moment. So it's not a bad problem to have. What are the modules made of? Are they, are they SIPs or are they something completely different? Yeah, so it is, it is structurally insulated panels, but there's a few twists on that. To, to start, they are going to be uh, steel skinned with EPS foam and then an extra layer of what's called magnesium oxide board on the interior. So by doing it that way, we kind of have all raw materials that can be processed by computer cutting machines. So that makes things a little more efficient. And then um, we get a much stronger, more durable building. We get better energy efficiency. Another difference between what we're doing and traditional SIPs is that we our whole entire wall is laminated in one single piece versus traditional SIPs where they're smaller laminated pieces that are connected together by lumber splines. So um, and it and it looks like the the pieces have their finished materials already applied. Yeah. Um so you know the the steel comes uh, pre-painted steel coil everything by the c- computer cutter and then um it all just laminates together and then assembles really quickly as part of the manufacturing process. And then uh, really what was our, our key initial innovation was the folding design of the house. So we can ship them in a cost-effective manner. With a lot of uh, other modular solutions, you have oversized shipments, which are very expensive. So our, all our room modules pack down to eight and a half feet wide so they can go highway legal and hopefully fit into your backyard. Yeah, so um, really, you know, 
we think that the one of the big reasons uh, modular housing has failed to gain market share is the shipping problem. If you know if it's too big to ship, then it doesn't always make sense to build it in a factory. And we think that's why modular construction is often more expensive than site-built construction. So that was the the first problem we tried to solve was getting these uh, big buildings into a form that's shippable. And we wanted to be able to ship them on a highway legal load while also finishing everything in the factory so we can get the highest quality and, and lowest cost. Fascinating. So talk to me about the folding, because you mentioned that the wall panels aren't smaller pieces connected by splines. They're these big pieces, but then you've got to fold them all up. Yeah. So if you take a, a peek on uh, boxable.com, you'll see that basically there's one backside of the room module that's fixed that doesn't fold. So that's about uh, six foot deep. And that's just uh, empty space that we can fill with things from the factory, like a finished kitchen, finished bathroom, and get all that work done. And then the rest of it, the, the floor, front wall folds down, the floor kind of folds up, and then the roof kind of caterpillars across in three pieces, and um, it just is becomes shippable. And then when you get to site, the setup is very quick. Um, it only takes about an hour. It unpacks and it's all ready to go. And then you just connect your utilities. So does it come with like a finished kitchen and bathroom inside as well? Everything done, kitchen, bathroom, all done in the factory, uh, ready to go on site in, in just about an hour. And it's, uh, it's modular. It's going to be modular certified, you know, standard construction. You'd be able to get a mortgage on it and all that. So really uh, a game-changing solution, we think. Yeah. And I mean, the price point, correct me if I'm wrong, for, for the Casita is $50,000? Yep. And that's the price we want to sell them delivered to the surrounding states here in Nevada. And that includes also refrigerator, washer, dryer, everything you see in the, the videos and pictures online, except for the bed and the couch. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty compelling price point for a 400 square foot tiny home built. Yeah, yeah, thank you. We we, we announced the price uh when we announced the product a couple months ago at the their show in Vegas and we were really surprised that everyone kind of loved it. Initially, we were thinking it would be a great price for California where things are more expensive, but it seems like people like the price all around the country because they really understand all, all the different value that we brought into it. Yeah. What kind of site prep would, would someone need to do for one of these? I would imagine there's a kind of a range, but maybe you could give me kind of a the least expensive site prep that you could do, and then maybe also talk about, you know, what you could do if you really wanted to invest in, you know, I'm thinking pouring a basement or, or you know, doing more foundation type work. Yeah, I mean, you can really do anything you want, and you can put these room modules anywhere. The All you're going to need on site, at a minimum, is uh, some kind of foundation and utilities ready to connect. So if you're in the backyard of an existing home, things are a bit easier because you just kind of tie into that existing home. If it's a whole new 
piece of land, then it's a, a bigger ordeal to get everything run over there. The foundation is pretty easy. We're really compatible with any foundation. The floor is all clear span structural, so it doesn't need to be supported by a full slab underneath. You could even go uh, as low as having maybe like six piers around the the base of the unit, so minimal foundation requirements. And then cool stuff too, like you can put it on top of a basement or you can put it on top of a, a raised garage, all kind of different creative stuff you can do with this first room module. What is the weight of, of it? It's uh, 12,000 pounds. And okay. um, we're trying to get the weight down a little more because when you have the weight down, you know, you save on shipping and you save on uh, heavy equipment on site. Uh, we we want to be able to lift these things. Like, let's say you're going to do a two-story. We want to be able to lift it with a telehandler versus a crane. That saves a lot of money. And then uh, part of our solution as well is that you can unload these from the truck without any heavy equipment. So the, the driver can just come and, and drop them off. Uh, so that, that makes things a little bit easier too. Are they designed to potentially be taken back apart and moved again? Um, yeah, you can certainly do it if if you plan ahead and that's what you want to do. We've we've folded our the ones we brought to the builder show. We we brought them to the builder show, folded them, unfolded them, brought them back. We've uh, taken ours uh, up and down several times now uh, with no problem. And if you plan ahead and that's what you want to do, um, totally doable. And that can be a great solution for you know, temporary housing or workforce housing or other use cases where you don't want to keep it there permanently. Got it. Got it. I'd like to tell you a little bit more about Tiny House Engage. Tiny House Engage members are also able to listen live as I record these podcasts and interviews and ask questions of our guests. So if you're a big fan of the show, it's a great way to get an inside look at the Tiny House Lifestyle podcast and get access to episodes weeks or even months before they go live on the feed. To learn more and register for Tiny House Engage, go to thetinyhouse.net slash engage. Registration is open for just one week, starting today, Friday, May 29th, and running through June 5th. Registration will close as soon as we get 20 new members. So don't delay. Head over to thetinyhouse.net slash engage to learn more. I can't wait to meet you in Tiny House Engage. So I'm curious what the, you know, right now you're, you're looking at Nevada and California. Um, what is the, the R value of the SIPs and are they designed for, you know, colder climates? Um, yeah, we, we just did um, a blower door test and energy rating on it. And it seems like it's getting top marks. Energy Star rated and all that, so I think the effect, the performance R is like R thirty in the walls and R fifty in the ceiling. And mm -hmm. there's a few things to take into account there, or in any building. And one is that the tightness of the envelope, because our whole wall is just one little laminated block. So the mm -hmm. only seals, the only you know gaps for air are are where the panels come together, and that's tightly tightly uh, sealed by some proprietary gaskets that we have as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, is probably thermal bridging. So in a traditional home, you have 
lumber studs throughout the wall, and those lumber studs are have a very low R value. Energy is just going in and out of them, uh, and our walls don't have any lumber studs, so right. uh, relatively low thermal bridging. Uh, I think these will do great in any climate and require much less uh, uh, cooling, heating, cooling power, at, as other SIPs do as well. Does the unit ship with HVAC, or is that something that that you'd need to add afterwards? Yeah, everything. We're trying to do everything in the factory, so that includes a mini-split system for heating and cooling. And, you know, we really like the mini-split because of, you know, the energy efficiency. We feel like having no ducting is more sanitary and just a very uh, simple little unit that that mounts on the wall. Yeah, no, and that's, again... I'm I'm pleasantly surprised for the price point, you know, everything that you're getting there. Yep, yep. Well, uh, we've been working hard, you know, for a couple of years now to doing a lot of R&D and engineering to figure out some new ways and new manufacturing methods uh, to really bring these costs down. And then right now we just have kind of a little small building that we're manufacturing these out of and planning to scale into a much larger one soon and uh, at that point um once we once we have more bulk buying power and our output goes up you know in the next few years we just want to keep pushing that price down and down that's our main goal is housing affordability got it are they are they currently shipping now or you know how how soon can you get one well <laughs> we have gotten so much interest online that now we have over a thousand people who have paid a deposit and joined a wait list. So uh, can't get one anytime soon. Wow. Um, and uh, what we're planning to do is get a much bigger facility online in the next six to nine months to meet that demand, which is probably much larger than that, that first thousand people that have got on the list in the last couple months. Got it. But you are, you are shipping them now. It's not like, you know, I, I've I've seen concepts, you know, and what what caught my eye about yours was that, you know, it wasn't just a 3D rendering simulation of the thing being built. Like the video was actually of one being built. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we got um, we, we, we launched it uh, about three months ago. We built. Three casitas so far, sold them. They they should be going to their final home pretty soon. Uh, meanwhile, we're in the process of building the next one and sell that and then build the next one after that. And right now that's like a really slow, inefficient way to do it. And we'll end up transitioning to a real uh, assembly line style factory. And then uh, things will really accelerate at that point. I'm curious uh, with the you know, tight building construction something that we've seen you know in the tiny house world is that you know people are building these little houses and they're using spray foam or they're using sips and you make a really really tight house but then you know ventilation and condensation basically becomes something of an issue um does the boxable house you know have any kind of erv or hrv built in definitely going to need one of those for the bigger units 
Uh, I think the little casita, you can get away without it just because it's just one little small room. Um, but if it becomes a problem, we can always install that that ERV and we'll find out more about that and, and what kind of issues are surrounding our, our, our guidance there from the, I think it's Mitsubishi that supplied our mini splits. So they've been kind of leading the way on that. Right. I don't know that it would replace an ERV, but I, I guess the mini split would help with some of the condensation, just pulling it out of the air. Yeah, it's definitely an issue that I've heard about is that the building gets so tight, I guess the water just evaporating off of your body creates like a rain in the house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's your, your breathing and also cooking, showers, yeah. um, you know, any any humidity just has nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the ERV solves that, right? Because it's just going to pull in fresh air and you know transfer the, the heat over right yeah so an hrv does just heat and an erv does both heat and humidity yes yep i'm curious you mentioned you know at the start of the conversation that you know you're seeing the laws relax around adus in california are these being built to any you know any particular standard that makes them kind of easier easier of a legal lift, I guess you could, you could say. Well, what's happened in California is they're really just doing anything they can to get more of these out there. And that includes uh, the state forcing the cities and counties to allow them. So I think, you know, pretty much anywhere you are now, the, the, your city cannot prohibit you from uh, building one. And I think they're letting people build more than one. And I think they've reduced uh, setbacks and a whole list of other stuff to just really push these. And it makes sense, you know, and it makes sense, especially in these big cities where there's no land left and housing is expensive. It makes sense for a homeowner to you know, build one and rent it. So it's a, it's a good deal. And then our product, we're building it to basically beat every standard and our testing's proving that. So. We've done a lot of in-house testing on various things. And then once we feel like comfortable with the engineering, we send it out to a third-party testing lab to get those official results. So that's anything from uh, wind rating, snow rating, fire rating, uh, water resistance, mold, all that kind of stuff. Um, what we're building is much stronger and safer. And they're built to a modular housing standard i think you mentioned that yeah it's a little tough because there's not a specific rules in the residential codes like that we're complying to because we're building it differently so even the even the way tips are described in the residential code is different than what we're doing for example they just reference osb sips and we don't use osb so what we have to do then is prove that our building is the same as or stronger than those prescribed building methods. So that's why we have to do a lot of testing, which is good because it's going to be pretty great when we publish all those results and people see how strong these things actually are. Yeah, that's fantastic. What do you see the future 
upbringing in terms of, you know, you've got the casita, which is a 20 by 20. Are you thinking about doing something potentially smaller? No, that's going to be the smallest. And one of the reasons for that is the folding gets a little bit tricky if you go any smaller than that. Mm -hmm. And then we will go bigger. They'll all be 20 feet, but they'll go up all, all the way up to 60 feet and then stack and connect. So uh, really at that point, you can build almost anything. Right. So there's definitely plans to go larger, but it sounds like there might be some opportunity to kind of mix and match different rooms and pieces together. Yeah. And we, and we want to create a building system, you know, that can just build anything. And the way we look at it is, uh, if you've ever seen a car factory, maybe on YouTube, it's really amazing. It's just, you know, a big warehouse full of robots. Uh, you know, it's actually, it's kind of terrifying if you check out the videos. Um, but house factories, they're not like that. They have not achieved that level of, um, you know, manufacturing automation. So we think we've kind of solved all the problems that stopped that from happening with housing and that our, our product is more compatible with that uh, heavy automation that's going to bring the prices down dramatically. Are there, how many options do you have when you order one? Is it like you get, you just get this one or it's like, if I want to upgrade to granite countertops or like, I want to have, you know, triple glazed windows instead of double, like, is that a possibility or is it more that you're keeping costs down by, by kind of keeping everything standardized? Yeah, that's, that's one of the main things that we're trying to do is keep everything standardized. So when people ask us about customization, we're just tell them you can modify it after you get it. <laughs> and, uh, right. you know, we would consider customization for big orders, but, uh, you know, and again, it kind of goes back to a car, like, you know, if you, if you buy a car, you know, there's maybe a few trim packages and that's it. And I think that's where we'll end up with a few trim packages. But uh, if you consider that maybe our factory might make, when you're talking about a real residential home, big residential home, it might make maybe four types of, four kitchens, four living room boxes, four bedroom boxes. And then the builder will choose which ones he wants to take and stack and connect. And then you go from, you know, something that's standardized in the factory to something that's very custom in the field. Um, and the other side of it too is just adding finishes to, to dress it up and make it look pretty in the field. Uh, what, we, what we're trying to build is almost an architecturally neutral building box. Right. So something that can be used for any number of, of applications. Maybe, maybe you could run through some of the use cases that you've envisioned for, for these. Well, the big one that's presenting itself right now is disaster relief. And, um, you know, that's always, that's always an issue. And there's been problems in the past with housing people after disasters. And we think our product's great for it. Uh, what we would hope is that we end up with a customer like, you know, FEMA, and they can order a, a lot of these units and we'll inventory for them. And then when disaster strikes, they'll all, ship out they'll unpack you know in a day and, and provide you know temporary housing for people and shelter and we can also fit them out easily to be off-grid 
you know, with a water waste tank and solar panels. Mm-hmm. So that's very big uh, item on our radar that we're trying to, you know, get, get involved with is disaster yeah. relief stuff. So at what point do you start shipping them out to the East Coast? Um, it's going to be all, you know, kind of supply and demand. So I think it's likely we'll sell everything we can make right right in our backyard. And hopefully when we get to the point where we have enough product, we can definitely ship it out there or even start a, a second factory. One cool thing we can do with ours is put them on a train. We could put, you know, 100 of them on a train. And that's probably the lowest cost way to get you know, 3,000 miles across the country. Wow. Yeah, that's, I hadn't even thought about that, but it they seem ideal for rail travel. Yep, definitely. I'm I'm looking forward to the day when I see a, a train going by with hundreds of boxable logos on it. <laughs> nice. So I'm curious, um, you know, you mentioned you're, you're a co-founder. What, what is the back, what was your background before this? And, and, you know, this seems like pretty specialized, you know, skill set and knowledge. So I'm just curious, you know, what what's your personal background that brought you to this? Yeah, so it's a small team that started it. It's uh, myself, my father, Paolo, and another guy, Kyle Denman. Uh, they're both engineers, and I'm more of an entrepreneur. So I've done, you know, various different business things, uh, nothing to do with construction at all. But, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, well, many years ago, Paolo had the original folding house invention. He used to have an intellectual property licensing company where he would essentially invent things, patent them, and uh, usually sell the, the patents to other companies. So uh, he had this this folding house idea after building a modular house and noticing a lot of common problems with building construction. And then a couple of years ago, we decided to really dig in and you know finish engineering the whole solution and. The product just kind of got uh, better and better, and now we're really super excited to be where we're at now. Yeah, it's 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 impressive, and it seems like it you were able to get it to market fairly quickly. Yeah, it's been a real race. <laughs> we had uh, we got lucky because the the first year we got invited to the builder show in Las Vegas and sponsored to go. And so that gave us a serious deadline uh, to get things figured out and going. And we did it and it was a success. And they invited us back this for this last year. And that was another a deadline for us to hustle and get a lot done in a short period of time. And, and we did. And uh, so now we're confident we can take it to the next level. And it looks like um, Ben Carson, the, the secretary of HHS, even got to tour one. Well, actually, Ben Carson's toured a couple <laughs> because okay. they they invited us to Washington D.C. for their innovative housing showcase. So we went there, you know, hung out with with Ben in uh, Washington D.C. And then, you know, a few just a few months later, he came to Vegas and visited us at the International Building Show a second time. Well, very cool. It sounds like. You know, it, it's a very compelling idea. So I'm I'm happy to hear that that the government is helping to just lift you guys up. Yeah, I think um, you know we can do a lot of good and help a lot of people with you know 
housing affordability, number one, and maybe disaster relief as well. So we have a lot of people who have been cheering us on and been, you know, it's been great. Yeah. I mean, I, again, like not to, not to sound redundant, but just the price point of $50,000 for a finished SIPs 20 by 20 tiny house is, is pretty impressive. Um, so I'm curious, you know, if, you know, some towns might require for an ADU even, you know, stamped drawings and to have, you know, an engineer stamped drawing. Is that something that you're able to provide or would that be up to? Yeah, we, we have that available now. And the next level beyond that is the state modular certification that we'll get. And that will give us, you know, kind of a pre-approval. And, and another thing that means that the inspections all happen in our factory versus, you know, the backyard of the, where the, where the house is going. And that makes things easier on the builder as well. So yeah, uh, the modular permitting process seems, seems pretty good and uh, not too overburdensome. That's fantastic. Well, one thing that I like to ask all my guests um, is, you know, what are two or three resources that you'd like to share with our listeners? Usually I ask people, you know, what are two or three resources that helped you on your tiny house journey? But I'm curious if there are any books or or influential people um, who helped to inspire this project, or even if there are resources that have inspired you as an entrepreneur. I'm sure people would love to to hear them. Um, you know, nothing super significant jumps out. It's been a lot of different people with a lot of different disciplines. Um, a lot of people who have kind of been pursuing these different alternative housing methods and you know we've looked at all of them and pulled the best pieces out um spent a lot of time late nights googling and and watching stuff on youtube and um just kind of came up with this um by combining all this aggregate you know research and development that people have been doing for a long many years well fantastic um well i will put um the videos and lots of pictures up on the show notes page for this episode. Um, and when, when this does come out, it'll be the tiny house.net slash one, one, three, this will be episode one thirteen. So, um, anybody listening who wants to see the boxable stuff, head over to the show notes or, um, I think you already mentioned it, but boxable.com and that's B O X A B L. Right. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, Galliano Tiramani, thank you so much for being a guest on the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. This was really interesting. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate having me. Thank you so much to Galliano Tiramani of Boxable for being a guest on the show today. You can find show notes, including links to Boxable and photos of their amazing casita at thetinyhouse.net slash 113. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 113. Also, don't forget to check out Tiny House Engage, my exclusive online tiny house community. You can learn more and register for access at thetinyhouse.net slash engage. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash engage. Well, that's all for this week. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.